So, looking at a piece of refresh over here, he says one thought, which I, it's a, it's a, it was a fascinating thought to me, and I want to elaborate on it a little bit different angle than what he talks about it. So, um, he points out that uh, once Joseph reveals himself to the brothers, he clarifies very clearly that this is clearly the Hashkach of Hashem, that, that the brothers sent Yosef to be to be strong beforehand, to be the vehicle to, to support uh, the, the, the family in the situation of the time of the Rav, etc. Um, so, Yosef probably put out to his brothers how this whole chain of events clearly stands out as a divine management. In fact, hardly any other story presents our eyes to a similar extent the ways of divine providence. Is the most living commentary on those on, the, on that wonderful pronouncement of Solomon's wisdom. Rav The great master of the world achieves everything from the smallest beginnings, as physical, so as social. But that's everything come from the small seedling. It is he who is, it is who brings everything to service. Without knowing it, without wishing it, folly and sin are also used to serve his ends. So, people's avarice, people's stupidities, Russia uses everything. Everything works out for the plan. Everybody's, you know, all their details, everything, all their cheshbarnas. This particular story, the threads are visible and lie just into the hand and others that are, not, that are not apparent. But from this one, we can learn the ways of God. Because I'll say for two ounces of silk, as the sages put it, the Jacob spent on the burden of Joseph's coat. The beast made of some can to be fulfilled. So, so far, he's not saying anything different than everybody else said. But he has the following thought. He says, in, in, in Canaan, that's English pronunciation of Canaan, the family of Jacob could hardly have developed into a nation. As they grew in numbers, they would have been scattered amongst the inhabitants. To come a nation without intermingling, they had to come in the midst of a nation when, in principle, the nation was were opposed to the whole nature of the Jews. They're forced to be in a ghetto. That's what made Christ into a nation. In Canaan, wasn't it, it, it wasn't intrinsically opposed to the concept of the Jews. Mitzrayim, the, the psukim describe how they, they refused to eat with them. They, they set them aside. Kaleisot to develop into a nation. They needed them in a place where they weren't being diluted. They weren't, they weren't being affected by the culture around them. They were going to be separate. And that was Egypt, who were calculating, brought up to hate pastoral nations. Um, the idea, the concept, you know, people have spoken about in different ways, but applying it to the, the to the, the, the Shvatim, I've never seen anywhere else. In the same way, the fanatic bigotry which built the ghettos was the most at the means of God's hands to keep it us afar from the lack of culture of the Middle Ages. Middle Ages. It confined circles to nurse the sense of family life and family happiness the sense of communal life in us, the same way that took truth through all of the Middle Ages, that exact same, to ensure us a separate province in Egypt as the soil 
for our developments, the youthful side of the family had to proceed and become a father to power and ruler of the lands. And therefore he could put us wherever he wanted. And he put us in Goshen. He separated us. And in, in, in this nation, who's very happy to have us in Goshen and not anywhere else. And so that no institution could reproach the Hebrew with you have no business to be here, you were not born in these parts, all well, the Egyptians had to leave the soul on which their cradles had stood, and themselves become strangers on the land they tilled. That's Chazal, Rashi means Chazal. The Jews have moved everybody around. In a similar way, the rock was true of migratory nations, which in any case were so pregnant of important consequences, had already people that almost the whole of Europe with strangers when the, tri- the tribes of Jacob began their great wanderings and dispersion amongst the Jer- European people. So that, the ex- to, so that to the explosions of Germanic intolerance made the Jews go back to Palestine where they belong, he's going to repose with the next, next question, did then the Christian answers stand here? The Germans say, where are the people of here? What are you Jews doing here? You're really the people of here? You're not, you're not indigenous either. Like, what do you mean? The whole thing is a joke. Finally, the first as well, the last goal arose out of Kinan Sinas Kinan, which was the reason for the fate of the harsh melting pot, which they had all to endure, and become purified in the school of the bitterness, suffering the feelings of equality and brotherhood. Kleiser comes together when there's, when there's hatred. You had hatred amongst yourself? I put you amongst nations which will hate you. You'll become one. So this is what Kleiso went through in Mitzrayim. And this is what, this set the stage, this set the system for what's going to happen in the future. But Kleiso had, had to go down to Mitzrayim, Hirsch is saying, because otherwise they would have intermingled amongst the Canaanim, they would never become Kleiso. So what seems to be this horrible relationship they have with the Mitzrayim, it's the best thing which ever happened to them. Uh, um, the Rav says, Esav is coming to kill Kalayasu. So we need to be saved from the attack of Esav, they shouldn't kill us. But then Esav sometimes comes, Esav comes and embraces us. We have to be saved from that too. He says it's much easier to be saved from Miyad Esav than Miyad Ochi. Uh, in the writes, it says that the persecutions that the Jews observed throughout the, the Middle Ages, you know, and before, like the Dark Ages, the Middle Ages, the Jews stayed strong. The Jews, for the vast majority of the time, the Jews stayed strong, the Jews stayed separate, etc. But one thing it accomplished, it accomplished that Kaisho felt downtrodden. The pride of being a Jew was, was undermined. And when the ghetto walls were taken down and the doors were opened wide, they ran to join. Because that they had lost. They had lost the kashivas of who they were. So they just felt that the, the feeling of being downtrodden, so as soon as they were allowed to join the nations, they ran and assimilated. So that was, he was describing the beginning of the process of, of quote unquote, the Enlightenment. Right? We see how, the, how, how enlightened people are nowadays. Right? right, but the that process, this point, saying separate and therefore we can grow, is only in conjunction with the fact that we understand the chashivas of who we are. 
that we're not any less than anybody else. We're not, there's nothing to be jealous of them. They're not the, the Balabatim here either. Nobody's the Balabatim. And we, we, and we have actually a strength of unity and respect for each other, which the Muslims don't have for anybody. So, nothing to be jealous of. So, when the walls come down, there's nothing to run to. Because you've, you've been forged in the crucible of this being held separate, being held in disdain, and being held, held out of favor. Uh, I, I can't remember where I saw it. In one of the descriptions of the Jewish life during the Middle Ages, the writer was writing about it. Maybe it was a non-Jew. I, I can't place where I, where I read it. He commented that, like, he realized that the Jews don't think bad about the guy, we're good about the guy. They don't think about the guy. Like, they live in their own world. They have their mitzvahs, they have Shabbos, they have, and they, they live in such a way that the outside world is pushing. Like, it's just, it's, 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 not, it's not an entity almost. Um, that's what he wants to accomplish. That, that's, that, that was Ashkocha they're talking about. That was the point that, that the Hirsch is. I, just, I want to share with you a beautiful piece. So, um, it's a piece from Rashiva Pesach Stein. Um, which I call up his son today to give me, remind me where it's, where it's published. Baruch Hashem, he's able to pull it out. And then Baruch Hashem was available on the And I was on the computer while I was talking to him. I said, I said here it is. It says, the priest so tells you to put out, used to put out a, a publication. The name of the yeshiva, the name of yeshiva tells you is actually the name of the yeshiva in Europe was Eitzchayim. The name of the yeshiva, yeshiva is Eitzchayim. Right? Not so well known. There's no one tells yeshiva. It's like you know, Beis Shemeshkavoya, like you know, like Beis Shemeshkavoya. Like nobody calls Beis Shemeshkavoya. So uh, the, the yeshiva put out a, a, a publication, which at one point in time was coming out yearly. It was called Pre Eitzchayim. Pairs of Eitzchayim. So this is a period, this is a period of time, Kehle Tezayim, which I'm not sure what year that came out in. So what he wants to deal with is the, um, in the concept of Chinuch, there are two approaches to Chinuch. Um, so go to the second, second page, 268. So we know there's a concept of Chimrech Lamar Pidarvay, that we have to craft the Chinuch uh, based on the approach which the child needs. The two approaches to Chinuch. Aleph is Chinuch Sagur. What does it mean? We try and insulate an insular type of chinuch, where we we do not want to expose our children to the influences of the outside society. So we, we basically block it out as much as possible. So we're not exposing them. A base is chinuch pesuach, an open chinuch, and a shiyavoy b'magim or elam yilo masamati mabrius that we 
the approach is approach where the person is is very much connected to the world. Even though we're allowing to be exposed to it and allowing him to benefit from it, but at the same time to teach the child that that's not the, the, what the focus should be. He's therefore obviously going to be limited. He cannot benefit, take advantage of the all the pleasures the world has to offer. But you don't lose anything. The true happiness is in the world of Torah, in the world of mitzvahs, while allowing him to partake of what the world has to offer in a way which is permitted. She explains him that even though you can't have all of the benefits, that has limitations. You should know Ashakim Is he saying that was better? No. See, there are two approaches. Each one has advantages and has disadvantages. You, you prevent the, the, the Nisoyen, he's not exposed. At some point in his life, he's forced to leave this insular world. He's not, he's not inoculated. He doesn't know how to, re- to re- protect himself from this, the, the, the acculturation which is affecting him now. heart can catch him easily. So he's not tempted. And you're keeping him insular allows him to grow in Kedushan Tahara in a way which maybe the other way does not allow. But at some point in his life that has that changes, he doesn't know how to deal with it. And the, and the other approach also has a good has good and bad. The so, not that he's, your plan is to expose him and, then, and at the same time explain him, explain it to him. Well, that might work, it might not. You might expose him, he says, great, I'm <laughs> and walk out right there. So, each one is going to have, and it could be in a full sense or it could be in a partial sense. I was going to ask, is there a middle of the road? What? Is there, I was, that's what I was going to ask. It sounds like he's making two guitars. Well, let's see. Middle of the road, no? Let's see. This is a kind of muchashis. There's a there's a palpable danger. control himself. So that he shouldn't swim. Just go follow the tide, follow the the uh, the stream. Okay. Because he hits he gives Torah. It's used to show Yisrael came in. 
the Torah describes Rivka Menu says she's Rivka Bas Basul on Rami, Mikalan on Rami, Kreslovan on Rami. Here's Rashi, like Gid Shocha, show you how it's a Bas Rosha, Vachois Rosha, we come out here, well, Linda Mimase. There should be called a Shocha, Mamela, Zadefa, Shoil of the Rivka. So we wanted to be Mazel, like, what was, what, what's the Gallus of Rivka? She was a Sadekis, she was Paul's Chesed, she was, you know, she cared, we can say a lot of other things. It's not, you should know who's Rivka. She's a daughter of a Russia, brother of a Russia, sister of a Russia, lives in the place of Russia. That's all? That, you know, this, you know, there's this Yid named Ramosha Feinstein. He's from Russia. He lived amongst all the communists. You know, that's you describe Russia. You don't describe Russia like that. He's a Russia. Russia was a great honor of Matera. He says, no. He gives his voice, he bought me Siva, me Shwacha, Mushkasis, Mushkasis. The Torah stressing the godless of not following the, the society around you. That's extraordinary to the point that that's the most extraordinary element about Rivka. When he is forced to be exposed, and he knows already that all of the stuff, that all of the glitter is not real. He got it. Okay, so now he wants to Masber, Yaakov takes dinner and puts dinner in a box. The Asia shouldn't take dinner. Okay. The beast of him, she does Yakim call you, make high of Hoysel, Hanukkah's bottom of the noise of Shitas, Hakinah Musogur, Eshimon Mehem, Tommy Lotse, Silisarmi, and Briars, this document, Hashmon Mehem. If it's a Lishitosa, right? So he never allows any any outside influences in, keeps them very locked up. Okay. So then, a sharper movement, Masha Sogur, Adina, Menesha, Sposhalesa. So if that's your shita, so what are you allowing to go out and check out the check out the neighbor? You say, excuse me, my, my dear daughter, you can't go out. Can hit all these Arabi manche amokim? Rashi says, "Nokah Yaakov was open a shady misugachinuch chinuch abesuach." You, you took it away from your brother where it could have been it's why Shkem? Because that's the way the Raya that there's a Pircha in Ayobe. Okay. He didn't that he's Nenash that he it, it, the reason why he was sorry her wasn't because of his shita chinuch, because that would be true. He wouldn't wouldn't have allowed her to go to Shechem either. Elamai, he didn't care about his brother. 
That's a tiny because they don't care about your problem. But why? I, I didn't get any problem there. Why is that a tiny that you don't care about your brother if you don't? You're willing to allow your daughter to be exposed. Hurrah, you're allowed to be exposed over here. So why over here not, didn't you allow her to be exposed? Because you're worried what's going to happen. And over here you're not worried. So it means your, your approach is, you feel, you, you feel that the, the shvatim can, will grow better by being exposed. Good, okay, so why, why are we remaining from Esau? That's, because Al said it's rooted deep down and that, that you know that you do not want to share with her, your brother. So that's the time. See, he says, the reason I did it because I, I had a Rahman as I needed. She shouldn't be exposed to such a Russia. You let her hang out with the with the, 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 the girls from the city of Shkem, the girls that's coming is. There's a tie on, on Yaakov that he... Because I was saying it's tied on Yaakov. He said, what's it means? If you, if you take the approach, you're, 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 the name of the city is New Square, and everybody's in, that's it. No exposure. Right? Okay, that's your approach. So then... I don't, don't don't share it with Asim either. But you tell me no 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 that you live in the in in a place where the whole thing is ex- exposure, exposure, exposure. B- best approach. Okay. So why were you allow exposure? LMI. It wasn't because you held it was the wrong hero. It's because you know deep down the, the root of it is because you you didn't want to share it with Asim. Can that be you could talk walk out with this saying like if you, you choose a path, that's the only path you should go. But that still means you have compromised. You had the right kavana in the case of Esau. And you felt Esau was going to run for what? And that would be a case-by-case. Case, because he doesn't sound like that. He's saying, you could do case-by-case. Case. Okay. He's saying over here, if overall you feel this is a valid approach, we have to, you have to wonder why over here you're refusing to do it. You have to have the right reasons. And because I'll say that the, he, he was withholding her from his brother. That was the problem. Which means because I'll say there was some element in what he was doing in Bay. It wasn't because I refused to expose, because you do, you, you do allow exposure. Over here now, what's motivating you? So what's better? so he said three things. Tillam, Tcheren, which means cry, he, he cried to Hashem, and don't mess them up. Right? That's they're good. Children are not good. Right? There's a lot of good in them. And the parents get so involved trying to make them, you know, they, they end, at the end messing them up. Don't mess them up. Don't, don't lessen their Kedusha. Don't mess the kids up. Right. Now, what is he in the Maisa? He's saying that there's a trend about the Tillam and Tyron, two thirds of the Hathloch is dominating to the Shabbat. He says, You know, I did such a good job in Chinuch, you know, stop it. You know, we have families that did a phenomenal job in Chinuch, and this kid was a mess. Job, families which 
didn't do the British job okay, look how the kids all came out wonderful. We've seen it all. Um, but if the person is doing it because he cares what other people think, not because what's best for the child, do your best you can, because you really care about your child. You're trying to look at what Hashem wants. Hashem is trying to ask you to do. So this is Yad Hashemayim. You're doing, and then the Hashem has his Hashemayim. There's, there's no guarantees in life. But the person doing because for other reasons, right? um, that's a whole different ballgame. So it's, it's fascinating. The Hirsch was saying that what kept Christ so safe was the ghetto. That what kept Christ so, they developed the inner world of Christ so, through the generations was the ghetto. And that had a tremendous milo. You can't really develop when you're when you're you're spread out. When the walls came down, we saw the problem. That's what Rabbi Yaakov is saying. So now the person is allowed to go out. He's never been trained how to deal with that nisoy. That part of the nisoy he never dealt with. Okay, great. You were brought up in this very insular society. How do you deal? So the hope is that the person develops enough panemius and enough kesher nafshi to the world of Tarmitzas that even when he's exposed, he realizes that it's not as, it's not as enticing as it looks like. There's a, there's a Meister with Yaakov Galinsky that he said, he said over he was once speaking at an event, a cure of events for, for Bali Chuba, you know, not from yet, in, in Tel Aviv, in one of these big uh, uh, stadiums. Now, because I'll say, welcome to all the I'm the main secret So as he's walking out, one of the interviewers there was, was, a, was a journalist for a secular newspaper, asked Rabbi Galinsky, no, asked one of the attendees, right, who do you think is better? You, the Balshuva, or the Bacher from Bnei Brak. And Yaakovilski says, saying over this story, he was there when the interviewer was at, interviewing one of the attendees to this event. So the, the, the person who's been questioned, he says, Bevadai Bachur mi Bnei Brak. So the secular journalist says, what do you mean? Chazal say, you know, like, you know, it's like you get, you get this guy with the Yabba calling a Chazal to you that Sadiqim, Bali Shubar better than Sadiqim Gemurra. He says, I was, in the, I was in the secular world already, and I saw that the whole world was secular because there was nothing there. The Bokhan Brahimrak was never exposed. He looks out and it looks like there's something there to it. And he still stays in that world. That's, that's, that's greater than what I have. We don't live in a world which is instrument. It's, you know, there's, there's the new squares of the world, right? But we don't live in that. We, you know, there's almost no place that is insular. Um, the, the square one, in the Baddest Sedum, they refer to the Yitzhar as the, as the Baldover. That's their name for the Yitzhar. They don't say Yitzhar. It's in the Baldover. 
Sarah one time told somebody, some situation came up, like, and he said, like, how can this happen in this square? He says, the Baldara does not need a passport to enter the square. He lives here too. <laughs> how the HR get inside? Get, get inside? You know, we, 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 we stop them by the gate. doesn't work like that. Not in our society. Right? The, the kiddush of our society, that everything is available. Once the, the, the world of the radio so the, then the television, and then you know everything. Like you can stay in your Dalai and still have the whole world inside with you. There's no insularity anymore. As much as you think that you, you can make your kids insular, they, they, they can't have any devices. Yeah, they would buy their friend's house and they would watch whatever they want to watch. You know, right? No, so you make sure that you know that you only have kids like uh, yeah. So they, they go. They, so one of them goes figures out you can go down to the see to the. The store and buy a, a prepaid phone, which is a smartphone, you know, you know one of these discard, you know, for $50, $50 you can get internet. You know? I mean, like, I have no idea what they can do, but whatever they, whatever I thought of, they, the, the boys, the, the, the teenagers thought of more, you know. They're, they're, they're three steps ahead of me when it comes to that, you know. So there's no insularity anymore. But this, that being said, a person who's lived through the society the people which come to Balichuba, their process of living society is by living through realizing that it doesn't generate happiness. The Yetzirah's sales pitch is it looks good. There's a Medrash, the Medrash says that there was this listing, it was a very, very big, scary fellow, and he used to sit by the Prussians throughout him, and as people would come, he would say, come here. And they would take their money, you know. Like, he didn't even get up even. Like, it was, he was so scary. He was like, come. And they would come and he would take their money. There was one time as a clock and he says, like, why does the guy never get up? So he looked at him, realized the guy's lame. <laughs> so he just walks around and he's like, ha, ha, keeps going. Right? <laughs> so he answered, the, the matter says, the Yetzirah looks big and he looks like he has control. He's this big, scary guy. You can't, you can't stop him. He's like powerful. But it's a mirage. So you go around the mirage and say, you go back there. But from a, when, you, when you have not seen the society yet, the, the society looks like a lot of fun. It, it's very tempting. So the, 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 the fellow was saying, from the guy who's sitting in Abrak, seeing what's available and not joining has a lot more clarity in a certain sense, a lot more scar than me. I, I know it's nothing. I was there, lived through it. It doesn't generate any happiness. Uh, one time I had a conversation, uh, Buffer, uh, no, it was, it was, uh, he was married already. He was married and he was in law school. Yeah, law school, I think. He was going, she came to me and he said, like, he doesn't want to do. He goes to college by day. It's all young people his age, male and female. It's summertime in Washington D.C., which means that people do not dress the full levels of sneakers, shall we say? Um, he says, and the conversations nowadays, what they talk about, they talk about everything. They talk. 
So I, 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 I've gone on my mind. He says, I'm married, but it's, not, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's like constantly tempting me that there's, you know, there's an exciting world out there. So I told him, I said that, it's over in Chuldukin, I said. He says, you go to the to supermarket, you know, they have these magazines over there, and the magazines say, excellent ways to enhance your intimate life. It's not the way they said it, right, but that you get, you get my, why does everybody try to keep, why does everybody have to keep enhancing it if they're so happy? Like, everybody's so happy, having such a good time, why do they have to keep enhancing it? Because the answer is nobody's happy. But nobody's only willing to admit it. Everybody else thinks, everybody else is having a good time, just not me. So how can I enhance and catch up with that? It's emperor's new clothes. Right? The whole society is based on emperor's new clothes. Right? There's no happiness in society. Right? Multiple studies have indicated that the physical pleasures of the world are only when done in a context of a deep meaning of a relationship, which is what, what Yiddishkeit is. But it, it definitely glitters. Says, but once you realize that if there's nothing there, it's all a mirage, it's much less tempting. So the the, the challenge of the, the insular approach is it, it looks like there's this mirage which is which is hanging there. You can once in a time you can insulate and you and you and it was you insulated. Nowadays you, you can insulate, but the mirage is there. When you expose, hopefully you realize that it's just a mirage. It doesn't always work. Because that mirage is very, very... There's a multi-trillion dollar industry built on that mirage. You know, that was just there to tempt you. So it's very hard to... And, and, and they're very good... They, 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 the industrial psychologists are working out how we can craft this this ever this propaganda, this advertisement to entice you to do X, Y, and Z. We want to sell you. They're investing millions of dollars into this stuff. So, but at the end of the day, the guy just sit there by the. You walk around and say, "There's nothing there. There's nothing to the guy." So the challenge of our society is. The exposure is greater than it's ever been. The, the, what the tempting and with is a lot more than the, the, any other society. The ins insular approach doesn't work anymore because you never really insulate. So you have to find the mahalas of building up the, inter the internal... The, the mahalak of exposure requires a tremendous dagesh in the beauty of the, the internal Yiddishkeit that even though you're being exposed, you can handle it while obviously limiting the exposure, because the exposure is so powerful that a kid is not developed yet. Right? They say, what do they say, that until age 25, that the, the frontal lobe of the, the, the brain is not fully developed. I think nowadays it's more like age 55 or so. Um, that it happens, maybe, you know. Right? I mean, they're, they're, they're people act like immature teenagers when they're 40 years old. You know, the same level of lack of intelligence. The, the the advertising the, the, everything is making people like they don't they, they, they haven't developed the thought processes of making choices they just follow whatever the, the society says so the, the whole point of the development is to reach a point where a person has 
can on their own think through and understand with the clarity what's right and what's wrong, and not be swayed by by, by all the, all the everything, everything around them. It's not happening in our society. It, it's the the power of the prop, the, the propaganda of the society is so powerful that, that it takes a lot a lot of work to and the. Supposedly, the purpose of, of going to getting a, a college education was to train you to think. Not anymore. So, where are you going to learn it? So, there are individuals which develop that. You know, but overall society is definitely having difficulty with it. So, full exposure is very dangerous. The idea that you're going to insulate doesn't exist anymore. What you're left with if you fully insulate and then you let, let, let then the barriers come down, you have the Rebbe problem that people just run. Right. It, and it, now it's not even an option. But the Mahalach of the war of, of the exposure approach is to make Yiddishkeit so geschmack and enticing and, and warm that whatever you're exposed with, it's, 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 it's not, it's, I know I have something better, I have something more real. Um, uh, I mentioned to you, I, I, I once was in a bookstore, I'm not sure there's a lovely mutter, and I was a bacher, and I saw there was a book over there about the, a, a, a B'nai Noach Kehila in Alabama. There's a Kehila of B'nai Noach people in Alabama, and they had a whole community of these people which were keeping Shemitah's B'nai Noach. I picked it up and I was fascinated. I read the whole book on the floor and then I didn't buy it because I read it already. So <laughs> that's what I'm not sure that I'm to do that. I'm not getting about the propriety of that question. Anyway, fast forward a few years later, so I have a chabra who's working in, in, uh, in Kirov. So I mentioned them about this, this, you know, I read this fascinating book. I don't really remember the name of the book, but it was about, about this group. He says, so yeah, he's heard of it. He says, you know, so have you ever like spoken about the fascinating, you know, the, the whole thing? He says, yeah, he says, most of them have become gayrim. They haven't stayed in Inayah. And he said, why? Because Inayah has six, six low sases. Don't steal, don't do somebody else's wife, don't do what is Zorah, don't be Birchaz Hashem, every Menachai. It has one mitzvah say, which is to create courts to enforce the... the, the, the the six other ones. They're not allowed, not, not allowed to have holidays. They're not Shabbos is Chai Misa. Not Dafkan Shabbos. If the non, if the make a holiday on a Wednesday that they don't do any work on, they don't make a holiday. They're Chai Misa. So there's no holidays. So they have no holidays on their whole calendar. Every day is exactly the same. They're allowed to pray to Hashem. So they have a kilo and they pray, whatever it's fearless that they say, and whatever the rub gave me, you know, they had a rub, but they would ask for shadows to. Right? says they realize you can't raise ch- children in such a religion. There's no holidays, there's no symbolisms, there's no like, there's no associations, exciting, happy associations. You know, you, you have a shofar and you have a lulav and you have an estrig and you have a hershan and the kid begs hershan on the ground. Like, there's so many associations of excitement about Yiddishkeit. And there's a menorah and there's a megillah and there's banging the home. And, 
that you have all these connections that the associations that children make that Yiddishkeit is, is, is like fun and exciting and happy and there's all those they have none of that. They realize they cannot raise their children to stay in this tehila that way. So they they're they're regired. It's a fascinating ha'ara. Like there's so many positive associations we can create in Yiddishkeit, but if if that's our goal. So the parent sits by the Shabbos table and says, okay, Kenelach, it's time for us to test you how what you learned this week. Now take out your, 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 your booklets and we're going to test you how well you learned this week. So his association with Shabbos is he hates it. Because that's when he gets tested by his father in front of all those siblings. So the kid who's really good at learning is like, great, lap it up, get all the praise. The kid who's not, what'd you accomplish? That the goal right now is to create all these positive associations with Yiddishkeit, and this is one of the opportunities, and you blew it. Right? Etc., etc., etc. The Mahalach of Chino nowadays is we can't insulate, so we have to inoculate. The inoculations, yeah, we, they, we have, <coughs> we're more exciting. Um, just one last thought. We, we moved here, so we had this fascinating dilemma because you know Cat Mill in those days was fascinating. Um, Not anymore. Um, Different, right? So in a Lazarus class, um, there were the Chabad children. You know, then there was one of the family without a television, but Cat Mill, every one of the Lazarus friends had a television. And you know, television have all these cartoons to watch, all different things to do, etc. And ain't no television in the Rangold House, right? We once had a, a a a high school boy, which was in a situation where he was um, he and his father really did not get along well together at all. Eventually, at one point, it came it came to the point where the the father and the child and the whole of the school, etc., he cannot live at home anymore. It just it's so abusive. It's so caustic, caustic between the two of them. It's just destroying any any connection that he has to Yiddishkeit, etc. So the boy agreed that he should move out. The parents agreed that he should move out. He asked the boy, "Where should he move to?" So I made a strong connection with the boy. Um, this is a kid like a, it was a wild, it was a fairly wild kid. So he wants to live by the Rheingolds. So Rabbi Merkin said to him, "He says the Rheingolds." <laughs> Do you understand? That means there's no television, there's no computer, there's no magazines, there's no newspaper, there's no books, there's no nothing. What are you talking about? Are you out of your mind? You're not going to do this. He says, Reverend Rango loves me. You know, so he lasted with us for a few weeks, few months, and then eventually he got this, I don't you know exactly what he got, he got some type of a connection, they could get the internet on his Flip phone. I don't, don't ask me. Whatever he came up with some way they could act in my house without Wi-Fi, without anything. He's he's connecting to the internet. So I told him, "Listen, I love you very much. I, I can't have it in the house." So my son now is living in a house. Like all his friends have all this exciting stuff, and he, what, what do we got? You know. So we bought an air, air hockey table. We bought a ping pong table. We, we said, our, our goal was to make our house the most exciting house to be in. The, the French who want to come to us. Right? Because we need 
to understand that you can still have a you can still have a good time. You know, we have the basketball in the, in the driveway. You know, like it wasn't for me. <laughs> Make it very clear, it wasn't for me. You know, you know. I even I had an arrangement with like you know, I wanted him to be good in sports and have fun in sports, etc. I'm not teaching my son sports. <laughs> And I have one son, the guy, because if I teach him sports, he's going to lose, you know, like, you know. <laughs> so I, there, was a, there was a father who was, like, very good in sports. I used to tutor his kid in Mishnayis, and he used to, used to teach my kid baseball and basketball. Like, that was, like, we made, you know, this was an arrangement I made, you know, just like, you know. I, I needed to make sure that he was going to feel that he wasn't missing anything. And then, like, at the end of the day, it worked, you know, like, our house was, like, and my wife's baking and cooking really helped a lot also. Like, you know, like, wow, you come to the house, you know, like, and then, you know, it was like, a, he would bring, he would bring his friends over, and, you know, and the, my wife's always, like, the, house, the smell in the house is, is heavenly, you know, like, it was always baking something, you know, like, you know, they get to, get to taste it, or taste it, you know. It, it create positive associations with our home. That th this is what he wants, he really likes being in this place. It's a, such a fun, it's a gishmak place to be. So this home, which represents the Yiddishkeit to him, Yiddishkeit has a positive represent, represent, representation to him because of that. It doesn't always work. You know, some kids have a difficult time at home. And it's a real, it's a really hard thing. But that's the job. That's the job of Chinook, is to create the positive associations that you're inoculating them to the temptations of the society because we know we have something which is, which the, and I see, I told parents multiple times, this is, I, I see people going out, you know, straying, straying far afield. By the time they're 30, if they have the strong connections from when they're young, vast majority will come back and look exactly like their parents. Everything they promise they're never going to do, they're doing. Because that's what they imbibe with their mother's milk. And this is, this is who they are. And it, it was, was strong enough, positive enough, it'll come back. And I've seen it time and time again. It's a long-term long vision. The guy might end up learning less Mishnayis, or less, knowing less because you know, you're, you're demanding less from him. But you're generating a, a love of Tarmitzes. Rashiva Pesach... When we, before we, he was the person you went to a set of questions and tells. So before we left tells, so we're leaving Cleveland, Cleveland, the level of Chinook in Cleveland, of both schools was beyond the level of Torah school. You know, the Hebrew Academy in Cleveland is, is a, not a co-ed school, it's a separate school, a very, very high level of Chinook. And then there was the Cater School in Cleveland, which was even higher level of Chinook, in the sense of the amount of learning they accomplished, etc. Torah school was not near that and so we asked him patiently, what, we, what should we do? He says, the job of the school, and the school's end, is to make sure that, they go, that they, the kids like going to school, that their associations with learning Torah is positive. You want your kid to learn more? So learn with him. That's your job. It's not the school's job. The school's job is to make sure that what they're learning, they're enjoying that they're learning it, that they're happy to learn, they're excited to learn. That's the true job of the school. 
That's not the standard nusach how most people think when they think of looking at school. You know? What's the kid going to learn? How much he going to accomplish? How much he going to know? What's going to be? What Yeshim will get into, like, you know, it's like, you know, is he on the preparatory track to get into the, the Ivy League you know, Yeshiva, you know? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you know, it's, you know, it's the same way it's true in the, the, the secular society. You know, you, you want to get them into, like, the upper tier colleges, whatever that means nowadays. Yeah. Um, Right, so like, there's a lot of people like, you know, like I want my son to have he can be, make it you know in the really in the in the big yeshivas. Right, that's the thought process of a lot of people looking at. So they're going to start more by the, 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 you know they're starting these places. It used to be Hasidic was in sixth grade, then it moved down to fifth grade. Most schools nowadays start more in fifth grade. There's a school in the place wherever it is now they start more in third grade. Really? You put, you, you put in Gamora on third graders? Like, oh, you know, we're the elite school, we can start Gamora in third grade. Like, you know, what are you going to count? So you have the Elisha kid who was like, whatever, you know, he started Gamora in third grade, the Yechidim. When I first, the first time I started learning, learning Gamora was coming from. Um, so I had a Skulls Gamora group. I was 14. And we had a special rabbi at the school that made it the, 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 the Thomas Ray I was going to. Um, after the, uh, twice a week after school, I went to this place called Yeshiva Zanaspani, so Yabi. So there was a rabbi there, they were taught there, and Rabbi Zanitsky. Rabbi Zanitsky was, was a person who knew Shas. He knew Shas. Not he learned Shas, he knew Shas. He told them that was his friend also, you know. But he, he, so they, they had him do a Scholzkamer group. For three people. So myself, I was 14. Rasi Einstein, who was the one the, 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 the third year base manager of being there, he was seven, seven years old. <laughs> and Romero Dubber Greenberger, who was the Rashiva in there, in Toronto, and he was nine years old. With the three of us, we started getting more together. Sri Einstein, Sri Einstein, Sri Einstein was a genius. Sri Einstein finished Shas Beyon before his class. All of Shas be Eon before I got married. You know, and, you know, but he's an Eli. But, but you're, you're starting with a third grader, you're starting Gamora nowadays. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? That the kid should be totally burnt out by the time he gets to 12th grade? Like, you know, he's, he has, like, he has no Gishmak and Giddish guy. Right? It's a problem, it's a challenge. The main goal of Kinuch is to give. Building blocks to build with, and plant seeds of connections which will, will flower as a person gets older and develop a beautiful tree. And that's the challenge which we have. Uh, not, not to lose sight of that. Okay.